are in the book of Colossians, and we are coming to this week and then next week. We're going to wrap it up next week. And if you look at the last couple of verses next week, you're going to go, how in the world are you going to get a message out of that? It's awesome. I'm just going to tell you right now. It's amazing. I never, when I saw this, it was like, this is so cool. But that's not where we are today. Today we're in, we're in the last section. Again, there was a problem in the church. Paul writes to the church. There were Jews who wanted to add a bunch of stuff to Christianity. There were Gentiles or Greeks who wanted to add a bunch of stuff to Christianity. Paul writes this book and says, look, Christ is enough. You don't need to add a bunch of stuff. Keep the focus on Christ. It's about Christ. And so Paul writes this book to say that. We've, we've worked our way through it. We're now in the last part of the book, and there's a lot of practical application. So I could not ask for a better Thanksgiving passage than this, okay? So, again, it's a God thing. God works all the timing out, and, and, and we get to this, and I'm like, well, this is going to be great for Thanksgiving because most of you are going to be with family, and for some of you, that's going to be good. For some of you, that's going to be tough. This day is for you, all right? So here we go. Let's dive into it. Colossians chapter 4, here's what he says. Uh, again, Paul's writing. He's kind of wrapped all this up. He says this, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for a message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So, Paul's going to deal with, he's going to deal with three things here. He's going to talk about prayer, he's going to talk about wisdom, and he's going to talk about our conversation, all right? So let's walk through each one of them. The first one he talks about is prayer. Notice what he says. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. It's that idea of really commit yourself to praying. So as you head into the holidays, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start praying right now about whatever's going to happen when you're with those people, okay? Um, you start praying. And notice what he also says, watch. Now, it's interesting because a lot of Bible commentators believe that this is kind of linked to Jesus in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane where he looks at his disciples, uh, Peter, James, and John, and he says, watch and pray. Here he says, pray and watch. And so he tells him, he says, look, he said, I want you to be watchful. I want you to be aware that, you know what, you're headed into a tough situation probably this week. You're heading into a situation that might be great, and it might be, you know, there's always that one relative, um, you know, or there's always that one person. And Paul said, look, I want you to be careful here. I want you to think about this. Be watchful. Be aware of what you're getting ready to get into. Pray about it, and notice what he says, uh, and be thankful. He said, look, you know, it's easy for us to take for granted what we got. And everything is a matter of perspective. If you think about it, you know, my wife, we were coming home in that storm the other night, um, other night, Friday night. We were coming back in that storm thing. What? Oh, um, Friday night and, and, and on the way back. So it was like, you know, what time did we leave, babe? About 3.30. And so we're coming back, and I'm, I've got the van. She's got the car. We were both there for, for different reasons in Sioux City. And so... Um, so I'm, I'm driving back, and, and I get on a little corner on 0141. At one point, my van is sideways sliding down the road, and I got it straightened out because I'm a phenomenal driver. Um, and 
I keep telling my kids that because they keep criticizing my driving. But anyway, so I finally got it straightened out, and I'm thinking, oh, no, Jean's right behind me. And so I'm looking in the rearview mirror, and I watch her start to do the same thing, and boom, goes in the ditch. So, so I drive all the way home and leave her. No, I come back. <laughs> so I turn around, I back up, and you got to know my wife, okay? She is absolutely devastated because she put the car in the ditch. And she's just all beside herself about, you know, and I'm like, it's no big deal. And the front bumper was all busted down, and it, it looked really bad, really bad. Um, but the car's still running, and I'm thinking, you know, okay. And so I didn't have a tow strap with me, and so a couple trucks passed. I'm like, well, so finally I said, look, I said, we'll go home. I said, I'll get a tow strap. We'll come back. We'll try to get out of the ditch. Well, then a guy, great big, huge truck. Um, I don't mean like a truck. I mean like a, a guy who repairs semis truck kind of thing comes by and he stops he goes hey i'll pull you out and it took him like no time at all we get it out um I, all i had was 20 bucks i gave him 20 bucks i said you know he goes i don't want anything I said, no, no 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 this this was worth 20 bucks to me believe me um so um so we get it out we get we get home and of course she's feeling bad <sighs> and i looked at her and said listen i said you know i said it's no big deal i said it's a bumper i said you know how bad this could have been you know I said, I said, you weren't hurt. I said, the car, I said, I don't even think, I said, I think I can fix the car. I said, I don't even think it's that big deal. I crawled under it yesterday. All I got to put a little couple little clips here and there, and boom, it's done. You know, so I'm going to have to turn it into my insurance. So, um, you know, duct tape, no. Uh, it, but, I mean, so, you know, it, it, so it's no big deal. And, 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 and you know, and, and I can tell she kept feeling bad. And I'm like, you know, it's not, it, it, you know how much we have to be grateful for here? You know how bad this could have been? Yesterday we were coming back from Sioux City, um, and uh, at the same corner there's a car that's down in the thing, shoved into the thing, all busted up, sitting way down at the bottom on the same corner. Um, yeah, still there, okay. And she looks at it and she goes, that, I said, exactly, that could have been us. I said, you know, I said, look, we have so much to be grateful for. Get able to get home safely. It's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of perspective, folks. And I think so many times in life, we look at stuff like that, and we forget, and we get bent out of shape about stuff like that. We have so much to be grateful for. We have so much to be thankful for. And, and you know, as difficult as your life might be, and whatever you got going on, Paul said in writing to these people, he said, look, he said, watch and pray and be thankful. You know? And I, I think some of you, I think we all learned that last week when I took the prayer time and just said, you know what, we're not going to ask God for anything. And I think for some of us, that's probably what we need to step back and do every once in a while. Say, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to, yeah, i got things I want to ask you, but you know what, I'm, I'm just going to tell you all the things I'm grateful for. And then he goes on to say this, and this is what I find fascinating, is Paul then says, and pray for us. Now, stop for a minute and ask yourself, where is Paul? Help me out. He's in prison. So you would expect him to say, and pray for us in prison so that we can get out and come and see you. Pray for us in prison so that we get out of here. Pray for us in prison because it's really hard. Pray for us in prison because we, we, we shouldn't be here. It's not what he prayed. It's not what he asked. He said, pray for us, and notice what he says. That God may open a door for our message. He said, pray for us 
because we want an opportunity to talk to people about Christ here. Now, most Bible scholars believe this. This is the time in Paul's ministry where he's about ready to go or be called before the leaders in Rome. And what he's asking is, when that time comes, pray for that opportunity so we can, so, so we can handle it well. And notice what he goes on to say. So that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. And then he says, pray that I might proclaim it clearly. Paul said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray for me so that when I have the opportunity, I will share Christ with people. And then he says, and also pray that I'll see it, that I may proclaim it, and then I may proclaim it clearly. Paul said, I want to tell you what I want. I, I want you to pray for me so that when the opportunity comes, first of all, pray for the opportunity. And then when that opportunity comes, pray that I'll see it. And pray that what I say will make sense and be able to reach those people for Christ. Paul said, that's what I want. Not, I want to get out of prison, not, not change my circumstance or change my situation. His idea is, pray that God will use me. You're going to Thanksgiving this week. You want to know what your prayer needs to be? God? Pray that I have an opportunity to talk to some of my loved ones, to some of the people that I'm with. Pray for that opportunity, Lord, that you'll give me that opportunity this week. Oh, and by the way, Lord, pray that I'll see it. And then when I do speak, Lord, help me to do it clearly. What a great prayer for all of us this week is that as those opportunities come, and it may not be just, just for salvation, it might be to encourage somebody, it might be to help somebody. Pray for the opportunities, because you are going to have a unique opportunity this week, many of you, because you're going to see people you don't see every week, you don't see on a regular basis. You're going to have an opportunity this week. Start praying about it now. Pray for the opportunity. Pray for the, that you'll recognize it. Pray that you'll be able to open your mouth and say the right thing. And then notice what he goes on to say. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Paul says, look, you've got to step back and ask yourself how you're acting. Um, you, you need to understand, this was important in this culture. Here's why. The Christian people in this culture were not looked at highly. They were not respected. In many cases, they were considered atheists. And here's why. They didn't worship a God that you could see. So they were considered anti-God. They were also considered immoral because when they met, they closed the doors. They met behind closed doors. So it's like, I don't know what's going on in that, but those people, they like they meet on, on such and such a day at such and such time, and when you get ready to go up, the doors are closed. Because again, that wasn't, that wasn't the common practice of the day. Common practice of the day was it was open to anybody and, any, and that kind of thing. So they were looked at. And so Paul says, look, 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 you need to step back and ask yourself, how are, how are outsiders looking and seeing you? How do they see you? And, and I think that's important. How do your relatives, how do the people you're going to be with this week, how do they see you? Paul says, look, act wisely in front of them. You know, and sometimes we get, we get so Christian-y with the stuff that we do that we forget how it sounds to other people. 
you know. And if you're, here's what typically happens in most situations wherever I am. When they need somebody to pray, guess who gets asked? You know, you know, guess who gets asked? Anytime I'm at the family deal, guess who gets asked to pray? You know, anytime we're at a, at a social function and somebody wants to pray, you know, it's like, oh, that guy, like, he's closer to God than anybody else in the room. Um, let's have him pray. You know, I'm like, if you only knew the truth. Um, you know, I mean, no, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm just a guy who can pray. Uh, but, you know, when you have those opportunities, you know, sometimes we, we, we ruin it. Our God, who art in heaven, who hath created the universe in seven days and does this and then does that and then did that and did that, we thank you for the food with which we're about to partake because we know that dee, 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 dee. Really? And we're not wise in the way we handle the situation. We're not wise in the way we do some of the things. We're not wise in the way. We, and Paul said, look, 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 look. Be wise. Think about how you're coming across to outsiders. Think about the words that you're using because outsiders don't know those words. Those are Christian terms that you're comfortable with. You know, they don't speak with these and thous. You know, be careful there. Paul said, be wise. And then notice what he goes on to say. Okay, th- I got to tell you, this is my problem. I've had a problem with this verse all week, and I would rather just skip it. But let your conversation, and this time it means speech. What's the next word, next two words? Be always. Yeah, that got stuck on the always part. Be always season, always full of grace. So I thought, well, maybe that's not what it means. So I started digging and digging and digging. And the more I dug, the more convicting it got. Here's basically what it means. Literally, this is one translation. Let your conversation be sparkling. You know what that means? You know what the idea is? It means you have to talk in such a way that people want to listen to what you have to say. It means that you have to talk in such a way that it draws them in. That it makes them want to listen to you. That makes them want to engage you in conversation. That it makes them want to learn more about you. You have to, and notice what he says, always full of grace. And then he adds this idea, seasoned with salt. Now, now I cook, and I, and I like cooking. I, you know, I, it took me a while to figure it out. But cooking is nothing more than, than working in the shop with food. Uh, it really is. Because there are, let me tell you something, there are some really cool kitchen tools, all right? There are some awesome kitchen tools, and, and if they, you know, my wife, the other day I got a deal, and I'm, I'm so excited about this, and she doesn't get it, but there, there is a, there is a, you can buy it on Amazon, um, it's, it's a, it goes on a pickle jar, it's a little rubber thing, and it has a little holder on it, and then it has a little pickle fork that's a spear, and it always stays attached to the pickle jar. So you put it in your refrigerator, and that means that at any moment, you can get a pickle. And you don't even wash it. You just put it back in. And my wife was like, what, you actually bought this? I'm like, yeah. I said, I was reading online, and somebody said there's the top ten kitchen things that you should have, and I bought one. Um, <laughs> it is. I'm telling you. I love this stuff. I, you know, <laughs> I love this stuff. Um, 
Oh, you know the onion, onion chopper that I brought for last week that we broke? Yeah, already. I had it replaced in two days with a newer and better version. Um, it does three different kinds of chops. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, okay, I'm sidetracked. Here, back to, the, back to the thing. I love the cooking thing. Okay, I love the cooking thing. But I don't cook with salt, okay? Uh, with my blood pressure and stuff like that, I, I just I don't add salt to anything. But here's my frustration. Every cooking show I watch, every recipe that I see, everything that I says says, put salt in. And here's why. Here is why. Salt enhances the taste of anything that you add salt to. You know, it is an enhancer for food. Um, I, I'm not even, look, <laughs> you guys are going to think I'm so bizarre. Um, I'm actually reading now about how to cook on Himalaya salt blocks. Um, you cook regular food on Just research it. It's fascinating. Anyway, uh, but I don't put salt on anything, okay? But yet I know from everything I that if you really want to enhance the flavor of anything, you add salt to it. Now, you know as well as I do, too much of it, it ruins it. But if you get the mixture right, it enhances the flavor and brings out whatever it is, whatever flavor you're trying to enhance with it. That's what Paul says about our speech. Uh, there's a bunch of uses for salt at this time in history, but the, the one that Paul's focused on here is the idea of it enhances you. It makes people want to listen to you. You, you talk in such a way that they want to hear more. You talk in such a way that they want to learn more about whatever it is you're talking about. And he says, seasoned with salt. Why? So that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, there's another passage in Scripture that says that, that you should be able to answer everyone the hope that lies within you. So we think when we read this a lot of times, what, this is, what Paul is saying is you ought to be able to always explain what you believe to everybody. That's not what this says. This says season with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Here's what, here's what Paul's saying. You have to approach people differently. There are some people that you have to approach one way. There are other people you have to approach another way. There are other people you have to approach another way. It's your job, it's my job to figure out how to approach the people I'm trying to, to witness to. And that's what Paul was praying for. Because he was about ready to go before Roman people who have a specific mindset, and Paul needed to argue and talk to them in such a way. And if you look at Jesus, he does this all the time. He's at, he's at a well getting a drink of water. A woman comes up, and what does he do? He uses the well to explain to her about living water. You watch him over and over again in situation after situation, adapt it to whoever it is he's trying to reach. Here's what Paul's saying. we got to do the same thing. And some of you need to think about who you're going to be with this week. And you need to step back and you need to ask yourself, what's the best way to approach it? Some people, it might be you need to write out salvation if you get the opportunity to get that far. You know, some people that I've shared salvation with on the back of a napkin, drawing pictures. There's other people I've shared it with with a book. Just opening a book and putting stuff in and explaining that we're in Christ and those kinds of things. You adapt it to whoever it is you're talking about. You go, well, yeah, but I'm not that good. No, 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 no. It's a God thing. God will give you the, the, what you need when, when that time comes. And that's what Paul's saying here. Paul's saying, look, always let your speech be seasoned with grace or, or full of grace and seasoned with salt. Paul said, speak to people this week in such a way that they want to know more. 
you know. Um, and again, I'm trying to be practical with it, you know. What's going to happen this week? Some of you got you got a tradition where you sit down and you go, okay, I want everybody to go around the table and be, tell me what you're thankful for. And there are some people that here's what they do. They look at that and go, oh, it's my opportunity to preach. And so they go, I'm thankful that I recognize that I'm a sinner, like Romans says, and all of sin comes short of the glory of God, and that I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and, and believed in my heart, and God hath raised me from the dead, because all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what I'm thankful for this week. And you know what? You lost everybody at that table because they knew exactly what you were doing. You were preaching. Why? Because you weren't wise. You know, you, 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 weren't, you, you weren't trying to understand where everybody is coming from. And you turn people off. There are some times that, you know what, that might be exactly what you need to do. I don't, depending on your family, there are families that are that way. That's all they'll get. But there are some things that you could have sat down and simply said, you know what, I'm just thankful for all the neat things God's been doing in my life. I got a church family that is incredible. And they, we've gone through a tough time this year, and they did this, and they, somebody did this, and somebody did this, and somebody did this, and it is so awesome. And they go, really? Um, I don't want to embarrass you, but I'm going to because you did it publicly. Yeah, welcome to the Thomas family. Right. Not picking on the boys now, I'm picking on it. Last week, Aaron posted a deal about Facebook, on Facebook about the 25th anniversary. And I forgot, but she had come, her first Sunday was five years ago, on the 20th anniversary, and she said, this is the church family I found, this is how everybody accepted us, this is how everybody loves us, and we had a great day. And it was just, it wasn't anything spectacular, I mean, it was just a, a, a comment. And this thing blew up. And people are going, where is this church? What time do you guys start? Deep, 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 deep. And all of a sudden, there's a whole series of people that are asking questions, and then other people are piping in, making comments about, oh, yeah, this is what I found when I came, and this is what I, and it was like, holy cow. And all it took was one Facebook comment? But if you can make a deal like that that is seasoned with gray, salt, so people want to know more. That's full of grace. That says this is what God did. Da, 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 da. The next thing you know, it, it snowballs. You know, and I, you know, I mean, I wanted to pipe in and go, "Well, we meet at ten o'clock on this, and if you don't know what you're missing, and dee, 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 dee. I didn't say anything. I just kept reading it all week. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Because we live in a world that of skeptics. And some of you, like I say, you've got to be wise this week because here's what's going to happen with some of you, okay? I'm going to get really, really specific now. You're not going to like this, but I love you, and if it's truth, you've got to wrestle with this. You know as well as I do. You're going to get with people this week, and somebody's going to bring up politics. This verse is for you. Always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. When you're done, you want to be able to talk to them about Christ. Not turn them off to the point that they have labeled you and will not say anything to you the rest of the time. 
That's why I say I got stuck here. Always season salt. Because I got into a Facebook discussion this week. Okay? And I got into it with, 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 a, with a person who was like, I mean, you know, there's liberals. And there's like blooming liberals. They were a blooming liberal. I mean, they were like, they, they, made, they made liberals look conservative. Okay? They were way out there. And there are so many things I wanted to write. But you know what kept me from posting them? Always full of grace. And I figured that I just had to shut up because I could not speak full of grace. Why? Because I wanted an opportunity to develop a relationship, to be able to witness to them, to be able to tell them about Christ down the line. And I didn't want it stopped because of politics. I'm not going to apologize for what I believe, but I can speak what I believe full of grace and truth like my Savior did. And that's what I need to be able to do. And like I say, some of you, here's what's going to happen. You're looking for that opportunity, but Satan's going to get in, and Satan's going to use politics or, whatever, or, or, or you know, somebody's going to talk about that relative, and you're going to jump in, and you're going to hurt the other people who would listen to you but now won't. Or they're going to talk about, you know, some situation on the news, and you're going to blow the opportunity. Why? Because you didn't walk wisely. Because you didn't figure out how to try to reach these people. Because you didn't pray, because you didn't use the opportunity, because you weren't watching. You're going to miss the opportunity to change a life for eternity because you got sidetracked. And so a couple of takeaways from it. Here's what we need to do. Start praying now for your opportunities this week. We're all going to have them. You know, I happen to know, because I'm a Black Friday veteran, that... I will be standing in line with somebody this week, and we will be in a long line with nothing else to do, and we will start to talk. And I'm praying for an opportunity. Now, and I'm not trying to justify Black Friday by saying that's my visitation for the week. But, I mean, I, you, know, you know, believe me, I, you know, I, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. And I'm going to pray for it. And if it comes, I'm asking God to help me see the opportunity to take advantage of it. To be able to use it in order to further the kingdom of God. I'm asking God to help me be wise. Because, like, I know, you know, the people I'm going to be with are uh, all Christian on, 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 on Thursday. But, you know, so, but I'm going to ask God to help me be really wise on Friday. When I want to run to the front of the line and knock over the, the old lady who's trying to get in line for the deal, it's really going to be really hard to try to talk to her about Christ afterwards, so... I, I don't want to do that, you know, you know, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, I, I don't want to do that. I, I want to be able to, I want to be able to share Christ with those people. I need, I need to walk wisely. And most importantly, I need to let my speech be full of grace this week. Season, I need to speak to people in such a way that they want to know more about my Christ. That's a challenge for all of us this week. And for some of us, you're going to be in some really tough situations because family's going to get together and you know the skeletons and you know the issues and you're going to want to jump on it and you're just going to want to be divisive. And one of the ways that you can have the best opportunities in the world to talk to them is by acting in such a way that they're not used to you acting that way. You know, they know what your hot buttons are. 
and they're going to try to push them because they want to fight and they want a reason for everything to blow up and they want a reason for you to run out of there, for them to run out. Don't give it to them. Don't give it to them. Use this week. We have a a phenomenal opportunity in front of us. This is where for some of you, your Christianity is going to be put to the test this week. Because you know, you know, you need to dive in and you want to knock some heads. Seasoned with grace. Wise. Watching. Praying. Taking advantage of the opportunities in front of us. Watch. So at the end of this week, we have helped somebody get closer to Christ and the opportunity to know Christ as their Savior, not driven them farther than they should. And Satan's goal for you this holiday season is to put the wedge so nobody will listen anymore. Don't let him do that. So my prayer goes something like this. This week, pray for opportunities and the ability to recognize them. Ask God for clarity as you open your mouth. Live wisely, making the most of every opportunity, and speak gracefully. Seasoning your conversation so people want to know more about your Savior. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Lord, for some of us, we're going to be in situations this week where this is easy to do. And Lord, we're going to be surrounded by Christian people and people we get along with and people we love. And, and we're just not going to have a big, big struggle with this. But Lord, there are many of us here. That, Lord, we, we kind of head into Thanksgiving and being around family and friends and stuff like that. And, Lord, it, it's just, it's uncomfortable and it's awkward and it's frustrating. And, and, and Lord, we, we want to get in and get out as fast as we can. Lord, you're putting before us incredible opportunities. And, Lord, instead of us focusing on ourselves this week, help us to focus on the opportunity in front of us. Help our speech, help our actions to be in such a way that people want to know more about you. And Lord, we would love to have the opportunity this week to take that person that we have prayed for day in and day out and have the opportunity to lead them to Christ so that they could know the Savior that we know. And Lord, that would be the ultimate Thanksgiving gift. Lord, we ask that you would use us to bring somebody closer to you and uh, put aside, Lord, our stuff this week. We ask in your name. Amen. Let's stand together, and uh, we're going to say give thanks. Let's stand together as we sing.